You are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus. Hello, and welcome to this week 10 episode of LFL Talk. I'm your host, Adri Mallows. I'm pleased to say, back with me again this week is... Marcus Henson, how are you feeling, sir? I'm feeling all good, all good, yeah, definitely. A lot more now that uh, I find that uh, you've been rubbing shoulders with some pretty awesome co-hosts in my absence. Uh, well, yeah, she was a guest on last week's show. I believe you're probably referring to Michelle Marshall there. So, yeah, you know, she's giving you notice, buddy. If you're ever going to be sick or you're going to let me down, then it's just a quick call. Adri's got a new co-host and maybe we don't hear Marcus anymore. I don't know what oh. the fans have to say about that. Oh, no, no, don't, don't ask the fans. I'm sure they'll jump at the chance <laughs> to stop hearing my droney voice. No, please do not get rid of me. Please. Hashtag save Marcus. Save me. <laughs> now, join us when we come back for our roundup of the Week 10 game between the Seattle Mist and Dallas Desire. How does an athlete reach the pinnacle of the LFL? <laughs> Performance training focus yet ever active in their community film study practice in superb condition leading a healthy lifestyle i'm an lfl athlete are you we come on now to our game review of seattle mist versus Dallas Desire. Marcus, you're back, so you start strong, buddy. We knew this was going to be a linchpin in the entire season. This was going to define how this year was going to go, and how about not letting us down? Yeah, I mean, it was a great game throughout. I mean, very close at the start. Seattle probably started the stronger of the two teams, but man, in that second half, did that game change. Yeah, and that's what they need to do. Seattle needs to start up strong, and they need to like define that lead, and they had to keep it because, of course, this is exactly what happened against LA. They they established the early lead. I mean, they they were up what twenty one fourteen at the half. Yeah, it was yeah twenty one fourteen at half time. Basically, they just didn't continue the strong game plan. Okay, fair enough. We did see Danica Brace get knocked out at one point. Yeah, we did, and we hope she's okay. And we've got a guest on the show later who will hopefully be able to give us more of an update. Yeah, but really for me, Michelle Angel. I mean, we've been talking about her the last two years now how she has developed in this game wow and that is a beautiful segue into an introduction into this week's guest to help us with our game review is the winning quarterback for the dallas desire michelle angel welcome back to the show michelle thank you thanks for having me again it's our pleasure since you were on the show last you've played several games at quarterback for la and probably would have had the starting position there this season but with that in mind can i please ask what prompted your move to dallas this season yeah um i actually found out about the coaching staff for dallas and um i got really excited about it i spoke with them a little bit Due to, you know, personal reasons as well as football reasons, I decided that it was the best move for me to come down here. And I've had a great time. I've really enjoyed the coaching down here as well as the girls. With that coaching, being coached by the actual Bullet Brothers, would you say that they have been a big part in your progression as a quarterback then this year? Um, Yes, huge. I mean, I I think I'm a completely different player. They've been able to help me with everything as far as footwork, arm strength, you know, overall awareness, you know, learning how to go through my progressions. 
they really helped me a lot and basically taught me everything I know. And did they strip it right back down to the fundamentals for you, sort of arm position, like you say, footwork, things like that? They did. Basically re- re-taught me how to do how to do my footwork and my drop, got rid of a little hitch step that I was using. So now I'm stepping into my throws and I don't have that hop that you actually see most quarterbacks in our league have. And um just started from the beginning with basic footwork and got me working on my arm strength. Earlier on this season, you had to travel back to LA to face your old teammates and also those fans. How did they treat you? Um, they treated me just like anyone else. You know, I still have some girls on that team that I would, you know, consider to be friends and I respect all of them. Um, and they, they treated me like a competitor, not necessarily like an enemy, um, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a really tough game for us. Uh, one that I, I wanted and that I thought we should have had. But um, no, they treated me like any other competitor. It was, it was a good time. In a game that was so close, I mean, just two points away from winning. I mean, post-game, I mean, how, how did you go through managing that? It really was a lot of film study, uh, as well as we did for our first game. We made a lot of mistakes. We had a lot of injuries after that game. Um, and, you know, we just had to work through a lot of things. But I think it was a good first game for us. It was a good showing. Uh, it was a good test because, you know, we've been able to come back and get some wins after after experiencing that, that heartbreaking loss in L.A. We come on to the game itself from Saturday night. How did you and the team prepare for this game, knowing that a loss would essentially bring your season to an end? We actually studied game film like crazy. We watched all their games, watched all of our games, you know, broke down everything. Our coaches are really good about making adjustments. We do not have the same playbook all year. You know, we we actually put in, um, you know, new formations and new plays before every game. So they do a really good job of making adjustments for us and how we can can attack them. And, and it really was a do or die for us. And we knew that to win that game would mean that we would have a spot in the playoffs and we could keep LA out despite the loss that we had to them. So it was a really big deal for us. And it was really just a team effort and team win. Yeah. And talking about uh, do or die, I mean, you guys found yourself again with one last drive to win it. I mean, what was going through your head and, and how did you keep all those emotions in check knowing what was on the line? I've changed a lot from my first year that I, that I started. I used to get extremely nervous and now it's, it's kind of more of a comfortability thing. I'm really comfortable in what I'm doing. We didn't score on the final drive. Our defense actually had that major stop, um, but we did score towards the end in the, you know, in the fourth quarter and it was crucial for, for us to get that win just to, to get that, uh, I think it was a five-point advantage, but um, I think overall it's just the experience has helped me to become calmer and you know more efficient with with how I'm running the offense. So does that mean if you get to the Legends Cup and you do come to a game-winning drive, we can expect you to be like Joe Montana and pointing out which famous people are in the crowd? <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I don't know if it'll ever get to that level of comfortability, but it's definitely uh, been a work in progress. And I don't I don't think that the playoffs are going to be any different for me. You got to treat every game like it's a championship game and every game like like it's your last. And so that's what I try to do when I'm when I'm driving down the field with those, in those final two minutes. You'll be pleased to know that that's the hard questions over with. But we would like to finish the interview with some quick fire questions, if that's OK. Sounds good. What's your favorite part of living in Texas? Cheap gas. <laughs> 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 California is too expensive. <laughs> it's practical. We all have to live with that. Who is your favorite NFL player of all time? Ladanian Tomlinson. 100%. I grew up watching him play and break the records, and that's kind of why the first time I scored, I, I did the LT in the end zone. So he's definitely my favorite player. Which position do you prefer playing? Quarterback or your old role at safety? Quarterback, for sure. <laughs> 
Oh, I didn't even hesitate with that one. What is your favorite football film? I kind of got to go with a different one and say We Are Marshall. I actually like that one a lot. Uh, Remember the Titans is a good one too. But That's, They're both good choices, and I think you just picked two films from our top five, if I'm not mistaken, Marcus, when we did our top five football films. Yeah, We Are Marshall. That really hits you in the gut, that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Which teammate has the best hands? Got to go with uh, Jade. Jade Randall, for sure. I think it shows uh, on her stats. <laughs> We've left the most crucial question to last, and that is, can Dallas win the Legends Cup? 100%, yes. We've we've thought it from from the beginning. All we had to do was make everybody else believe, and I, I think we're starting to do that. So now we just got to finish it up and um, finish strong. Well, sadly, that's the end of the interview, but... Before we let you go, we'd like to hand over the mic to you for 10 seconds for a shout out. It could be to thank your fans, family, or even if you wanted to talk smack to your next opponents, you have the mic. Um, I guess I just want to say thank you to everyone that comes out and supports us. Um, and, you know, a shout out to really any any of the girls that play, no matter what team you're on. We all know what we have to go through, um, you know, to be athletes in this sport. So shout out to everyone. And, um, you know, good luck. But <laughs> Dallas is going to keep being Dallas. And and we'll see you in the playoffs. Thank you for coming on the show today, Michelle. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. The world's fastest growing sport arrives to YouTube. Legends Football League. Break their confidence. Keep breaking their confidence. They've got nothing. They want to brawl. They don't want to play football. Intensity. Beauty. Subscribe to this channel and gain access into locker rooms. Inside the huddle. Every other front, they run to the outside. They're getting it. Get to know your favorite players. The one thing I want to do is just make everyone happy. Give 100%. And full-length games in high definition. Subscribe and never miss out on LFL Action. As a bonus, this week we've been able to catch up with one of the young rookies blazing her way through opposing defenses and causing nightmares for quarterbacks on a regular basis. Please join me in welcoming wide receiver and safety for the Dallas Desire, Jade Randall. Welcome to the show, Jade. Thanks for having me, guys. You're most welcome. As this is your first time on the show, please can I ask you to advise our listeners a little about your background and who or what inspired you to start playing in the league? I'm from Texas, born and raised. Athletic background, I played every sport you can imagine, volleyball, basketball, track. I actually ran track in college and after I graduated, I still wanted that competitiveness and it just wasn't there. I was playing in little flag football leagues and I just needed something more and when I heard that uh, LFL was coming back to Texas I, I knew I had to sign up for it. With um, football having so many different talents especially playing multiple positions that sort of multitude of different sports growing up did that help sort of develop you into the football player you are? Definitely. I, basketball is probably my favorite sport to play and just the eye-hand coordination with that that comes into play track you know the speed and the training for that and, and training at a collegiate level and having practice every day so um, definitely the different sports help with football. Dallas is a, a new franchise this year although it's returning to the league and they also have some new head coaches in the Bullet Brothers 
had you heard much about the Bullet Brothers before coming to Dallas? And how would you describe their coaching style? Yeah, I'd actually heard of Melvin Bullet before. A lot of my friends went to A&M. And so when I told them that he was going to be our head coach, they went nuts, really excited that he was going to be our coach. T, Terrence Bullet, and I, I had to look him up. He went to Texas Tech. And after seeing his highlight film, I was not disappointed in that selection as well. Um, as coaches, their coaching style, you see all like the YouTube wow clips of coaches screaming at their players. And I just don't think that's effective. Our coaches have so much respect for us and know that we put in the time to come out there and we're grown women and we've got jobs and they're not going to yell at us. It's like, like they know that we want to be there and they want to coach us as best as possible and tell us how to do it. And if we don't do it, we get off the field and they'll pull someone up who will do it correctly. Um, they're all about constructive criticism. So their coaching style, I think that the girls have all responded very well to how they coach us. Definitely. And responding well yourself. I mean, some of your performances to date have been amazing. And But what would you say have been your own personal highs and lows from this season so far? I guess I'd have to pick. <laughs> we lost the game against L.A., but that one play with Minnie, we were back on, I think, our own two-yard line. And we just cut that cover to it apart with that that scene that she threw right down the middle and then broke that tackle and scored that was pretty awesome that was a that was a great play that uh i think t actually got that from texas tech coach lee um and my low would be having that great play and then losing to la by one point <laughs> yeah we knew that we were capable of beating them and we should have beat them so that was definitely the low. That's totally understandable. And that play you mentioned was actually part of our selection for play of the season so far a, a few weeks ago. I don't know if you saw that voting on, on social media that was actually won by your teammate, Courtney White. I did see that. That's why I wasn't too hurt that I didn't win as long as a Dallas Desire player won. And no feelings were hurt over here. That's good to know. Now, what can we expect to see from yourself and the Dallas Desire for the rest of the season? I mean, we've got Omaha coming up in, what, a, a little over a month. Um, and it's, a, again, another playoff game for us. We have to win to ensure our spot in the playoffs. So we're going to come out and just run the score up as much as we can, knowing that the differential points could be a, a factor if L.A. beats Atlanta. Um, it, it, we'd all be, what, 3-1, and one, and then it'd come down to point differential. So we're just going to play as hard as we can and take no prisoners. Fair play. Um, that's what we want to see. But you'll be happy to know that the difficult questions are over and we're on to some quick fire fun questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Which teammate would be first to have your back in a fight? Victoria Thomas. No doubt. No hesitation on that answer. Cowboys or Texans? Cowboys. Uh, sadly, cowboys. <laughs> How would you spend the perfect day off mm, someone would cook for me all my meals i'd be by water somewhere whether at a beach a lake probably a lake and just eat and relax that's it just do nothing that sounds like a good day would you rather play football in scorching heat like you have in texas or the snow like in buffalo man i would rather be sweating to death and play football when we had practice in january I mean, it gets pretty cold in Dallas, colder than you think. My fingers were frozen, and it was so hard to catch the ball with numb fingers. So I would definitely rather be in the Texas heat. If you had three people, any people you wanted from history, round for some cocktails, who would they be? 
And I'd probably pick someone from American history so that they could tell me um, actually what happened, like George Washington or Thomas Jefferson or something like that. Um, probably my man Jesus, have some wine with him. And then I don't know who the third one would be. Um, I'll have to get back to you on that one. No worries. Well, we've had someone say Robert Downey Jr. before. How would that do? I wouldn't turn down a drink from him. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough you'll be pleased to know that's the end of the interview but before we let you go we would like to give you the mic for a 10 second shout out it can be to thank your fans coaches family or even if you wanted to talk a little smack to omaha now is your chance well my teammates and i don't talk trash we let our actions on the field do the talking for us so i'll just do a shout out to uh our fans, um, friends and families that have come out to the game, we thank you. We appreciate you. Um, our coaches, they've done everything possible to set us up for success. And then I guess just my teammates. Like, we've grown so close in the past few months and put in a lot of hard work together. And words can't describe the bond of a bunch of females playing football together. So just tell them to stay savage, keep taking numbers, and not let anyone keep us from shining. On behalf of myself and Marcus and all of our listeners, thank you for coming on the show today, Jade. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. Warrior Black, the official eye black of LFL athletes. This is Lauren Ziegler with the Atlanta Steam, and you're listening to the LFL Talk with Adrian Marcus. LFL Mobile, giving you access to the gridiron goddesses of the LFL with exclusive photos, videos, live game reporting, and fan promotions. LFL Mobile, download on your Android or iPhone. Before we get into our game preview, looking at that huge game we've just had, I want to see how that sort of affects the league as a whole. And to do that, we've brought back Deputy Editor for LFL 360, Colton Cole. Welcome back to the show. Marcus, good to talk to you. Audrey, hello. How's it going, guys? It is good. It is good. Yeah. Wow. What a game and what craziness it does to the playoff picture. Yes, it certainly keeps it interesting and you know makes these final two regular season games uh, that involve Western Conference teams, LA and Dallas each, keeps those games meaningful toward the postseason and uh, certainly have a little bit of scenario on our hands. I'll kind of break it down for everyone listening. Uh, so right now you've got Seattle and Austin. Their regular seasons are finished. They they both finished uh, Seattle three and one, Austin one and three. Austin has been eliminated from the playoffs uh, with just that one win. Uh, but right now Dallas and LA are both two and one. And Dallas's win was obviously just recently against Seattle. LA's win was against Dallas. So in the event of a head-to-head where they both finish two and two, LA has the tiebreaker. But now that Seattle's three and one, given that Dallas and LA each have a game remaining against their Eastern Conference opponent, if they both win the remaining game, all three teams will be three and one. So you'll have Seattle, LA, and Dallas at three and one. So in that scenario, it would come down to a point differential. Uh, right now, the differential, Seattle is plus 51 points. Dallas is plus 44. And LA is only plus nine. So in that scenario, right now, it would be Dallas and Seattle heading to the playoffs with their differentials. And LA would be you know, on the outside looking in. Now, for LA to get to the playoffs, there's, there's two things that can happen. They can win their, work, their week 13 game July 9th against Atlanta in Atlanta and hope that Dallas loses. In that case, they win. Uh, they actually 
would tie with Seattle three and one, and both teams would be in the playoffs. Dallas would be two and two. Uh, the other situation, LA would need to beat Atlanta by at least forty three points, in hope that Dallas only wins by a point. Because if Dallas wins that game by any margin, LA is going to need at least forty three points if Dallas does in fact win. But if Dallas, you know, wins by ten. 15, anything like that, that's even increasing to the differential that L.A. would have had to beat Atlanta. So really, you know, it kind of comes down to if L.A. wins by, you know, a small margin, less than 43 points, they're going to have to rely on a Dallas loss to Omaha. Uh, but if they win by a margin of 43 or plus, then it gets very interesting because then they have a shot even if Dallas wins. So it's kind of uh, kind of interesting there, but really it comes down to Dallas controls their own destiny because they'll know what the differential will be heading into week 15. They'll know, okay, we got to beat Omaha by 20 points if you know that's the case. But if LA loses against Atlanta, Dallas knows, oh, we win, we're in regardless. So it gets pretty interesting there. Uh, certainly, what you want, you want it to come down toward the end and all the games being meaningful, and that's uh, that's what you're going to have. Adri, you're the uh, the LA fan here. I mean, what's your take on all of this? Obviously, I'm hoping for LA victory uh, by a substantial margin against Atlanta. And I think we have to ask ourselves this question as well, just coming on to this. If Atlanta can't beat LA, that means they won't have beaten LA, obviously, this year. They won't have beaten Chicago in the past. And I think you then have to start asking serious questions about their mentality in big games. Talking about winning games leads us nicely on to this week's game preview. Now we've got Chicago traveling up north to New England, New England's first home game. Adri, I start with Colton last time. I start with you this time. Adri, what are your keys to the game? For me, I think the keys for this game for Chicago, we know New England are still an expanding franchise, so they've got to use this game as experience to build Jacinda Barkley's confidence so that they can use her later in the season, especially if they start to build a lead, then that's going to increase their confidence and that's something they're going to need later on down the line. On defence, they just need to keep constant pressure through Rice, through Taylor, um, so that Collins and Perez can uh, clean up the rest, the, the mess that uh, Drake may make if they get that pressure on her. And what about New England? Colton, I don't know if you want to chirp in uh, for the sort of New England side. Uh, what are their keys to the game? New England, we certainly saw you know two tough games for them. They've showed a lot of upside, though. They've got great athletes on that team. I think their biggest problem would kind of be the ability to play together all on the same page. You know, that comes down to coaching and preparation and getting a lot of reps and practice. But, you know, they certainly have a quarterback who can throw the ball. They've got receivers. You know, Alex Drake, quarterback, you know, she's shown that she's got the arm. Uh, she's She can, you know, a great presence on the field. They've got receivers like Kristen Beckman, you know, Jessica Johnson, a tight end Lulu Jackson. And your running backs, you know, they've got some talented running backs, Daniel Green, Astrid Cruz. So they've got athletes offensively. You know, they have to play a smart game. They all have to be on the same page, understand their assignments and get the ball moving. Defensively, you know, the big thing for them is they need to play physical up front. They need to be smart. Everyone needs to know their assignments. And the big thing for them will be stopping the running game and, you know, making sure that if Chicago's going to beat them, they're going to beat them with a passing game. Because this year they've been beat on the ground, certainly. Teams have been able to run the ball all over them and then, you know, pass it as well. But we saw Omaha, they were just able to run up and down the field and they only threw three balls that game. But, yeah, certainly it's it's been a tough start for them out in New England. Uh, they've had, uh, after the two losses, a little bit of – uh, lack of commitment from some players, you know, with the travel and everything that's involved with, you know, playing 
great thing is they've got an awesome group of athletes to build around there. Uh, they've got a lot of r- really good potential moving forward. And I'm excited to see how they play in these final two games of season, starting with Saturday against Chicago. Just coming back to the Western Conference, um, we know that Danica actually suffered a concussion in the game on Saturday. So do we have an update on her? Is she okay? Yes, I, I haven't heard anything in the last 24 hours. The great thing is, you know, obviously with the league protocol for any kind of concussion, once an athlete suffers a concussion, there's no going back into that same game. Obviously, we know how important Danica Brace is to that team especially moving forward in the playoffs, high percentage that they're going to be in the playoffs unless something really wild happens. August 20th is your Western Conference Championships. So you've got uh, two full months nearly for her to recover, make sure she's back to 100% and everything is is right with the the head injury there. That was certainly a big loss for them in that game and that could have uh, been the difference having her presence there uh, until the final whistle. Yeah, so there you go, guys. That is pretty much our game preview. As you heard from last week, we saw Dallas, the new kids on the block, take down the old veterans in Seattle. Well, we got David versus Goliath again this week, you know. Could we have two miracles on the route? Who knows? Follow your favorite LFL players and teams and receive breaking news stories. Like the LFL's official Twitter page, twitter.com slash mylfl. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialize in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, Spanhead Productions. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. To finish off the show now, as always, we have our predictions. Normally, I would let Marcus go first, but as we still have young Colton with us on the line, I think we should let him go first. Colton, what's your big prediction for the Chicago versus New England game, buddy? Certainly going to go with Chicago to win this one. I do believe that New England will play really well. They're going to be in it toward the beginning. They're going to come out hard, but I think the depth on their team will get the best of them in the second half, not having a lot of depth and experience. And I think uh, Chicago ends up winning 33-6. to six. Marcus, now it's your turn, sir. Mm, wow, that's, that's eerily close. I must admit, I had the same idea. I think first quarter is going to be pretty good. I mean, it might only be like one score in it. And I just think they're going to just run out of that sort of that fire by the end of it, especially if Chicago, which I think they will do, just start racking up points. But I went for 36-6 to Chicago. So close, Colton's prediction there. Very close. Yeah, you've both Very gone close. with reasonably um, small predictions there. Now, we all know that being a Buffalo fan, I'm not very popular in New England anyway. And with this prediction, <laughs> I think my popularity ratings are going to be about as good as Donald Trump's right now. And uh, I'm going to go with Chicago 56, New England 0. Ouch. Not one chance, huh? Well, they may get chances. They're just not going to take them. I, I think they find the end zone in the first half. I think they're going to make a big play, but it's it's going to be a tough game for them without the depth. But uh, certainly, I think they find the end zone. Oh, fair enough. Well, this is what it's all about. All, all uh, If we all pick the same, then uh, firstly, the predictions competition we have going with all the other writers would be uh, pretty boring. So uh, glad we've come up with a few different scores there. And I'm hoping that I get my uh, fourth closest score to put myself back on top with Maurice. Yeah, I tell you what, you and Maurice, you guys are, are uh, whizzes when it comes to predicting scores, final scores. 
Yep, so watch this space. We'll see what happens. Now, all that remains is for me to thank our guests. Firstly, Colton, thank you for coming on the show, sir. Absolutely, anytime, guys. And of course, Michelle Angel and our bonus guest, Jade Randall. I'd also like to thank our producer, Mark Taylor from Spamhead Productions, my amazing co-host. Let's hope he doesn't go off sick so he gets replaced again. Marcus Henson. Remember, if you want to stay up to date with all of the latest news from around the league, then go to LFL360.com. And if you want to check out any of our previous shows or even our player interviews, then go to LFLtalk.com. And until next time, football fans... Stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by.